welcome to another episode of the Hubscale podcast. This week's amazing guest are Loris Guter, Chief Global Information Security Officer at Bright, and Nermin Terzo, Security Researcher at Bright. It's great to have you both on today. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Connor. Now, awesome. Uh, now, I guess for it'd be great for our listeners if you could both give a bit of an introduction to yourself and also onto Bright as well. Nermin, would you like to start us off? Okay, I can go first. So my name is Nermin Terzo. Uh, I am from Sarajevo. Uh, I'm working at Bright almost for two years. I worked first like success engineer. Then I'm working uh, as a security researcher. Uh, my main goal is to find a way how to uh, automate findings of vulnerabilities on web applications how to find the general way to find it, host of web applications. And that's something about me. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that, Norman. Uh, Loris, yourself? Yes, my name is Loris Gutich. I'm, uh, as you said, Chief Information Security Officer at Bright. Uh, I've, uh, I have over uh, a decade of experience dealing with uh, information security and related topics. And, uh, well, I'm uh, I'm mostly here to uh, to torment and badger Nerman and other people at Bright with security requirements uh, and making sure that we keep our security posture the way it should be. Perfect. Thank you for sharing that, both of you too. Now, um, there's three topics prepared, so I'll get into the first one. Curious about know both of your thoughts. Obviously, this is something I'm new to, so I'm quite excited to see how this podcast goes so first topic can we shift left too much humans as a threat factor sdlc i'd love to hear both your thoughts on that loris if you'd like to go first sure thing well uh there is obviously uh, a growing trend uh, of shifting uh, uh, security left in the software development life cycle uh, bright security uh, is one of the companies that, uh, that actually champions uh, shifting left. Uh, and uh, since we are a dev-centric uh, company, that uh, uh, that really makes sense for us. And it also makes sense uh, for, the, uh, for the software development lifecycle and its security as a whole. Uh, however, uh, humans, that is to say developers and uh, other personnel related to the software development lifecycle uh, do carry with them a potential a series of potential risks and challenges uh, where uh, where there is a, a lot of, uh, uh, if you're not using proper solution, if you do not approach the security of uh, development process uh, adequately, then uh, what you're doing is placing a lot of burden on uh, on the personnel, uh, particularly developers, because they have to, uh, in addition to what you're doing, they have to make sure that uh, uh, that they participate and take care of the security in the process as well, uh, which is why it's important to uh, to choose uh, the right solution that uh, uh, shifts uh, a lot of those manual activities uh, to automation. I'm sure Nerman will have uh, uh, will have something to share with us in that regard uh, and it's also important to uh to evade uh, the so-called security uh, security fatigue which again you accomplish by uh by automating as much as possible making sure that uh, uh, that developers 
and the application security personnel work hand in hand in order to remove any risks uh, as early as possible in the process because uh, that uh, uh, that's actually the the best stage where a lot of vulnerabilities should be eliminated and the product made uh, more secure. Awesome, thank you for that, Nerman. What you want your thoughts? Of course, uh, I agree with Loris. It's it's much better to shift left. So the main thing for Dust is Dust uh, tools can scan. The main thing is uh, we can scan like a running application, but that doesn't mean it's good to scan like web application that is in production. Uh, look at the logic. If software developers are working on one web application and they're going to scan it almost before the production, they can find many vulnerabilities. And what they need to do, they need to go back two, three months, six months, and they need to fix code. Uh, but if they shift left, what is going to happen? For example, uh, after every new build, by automation, we can start to scan, we can find vulnerabilities, and they can fix it in seven days. They need, they don't need to go back. It's, you're saving time, it's much better. Uh, you can make less human errors. You, there are smaller chances to make human errors by fixing the code. And yeah, it's much, much better to shift left. Yes, That's the main saving... reason. Saving Sorry. time, human errors. And yeah. And by, by saving time, uh, uh, we're also uh, naturally preserving a lot of resources, including money, uh, which can uh, uh, which can really add to the costs if you uh, if you have to remediate things uh, too late in the in the development lifecycle, or even uh, when uh, when it's already in production. good configuration of the scan, one good pipeline, and on every new build, new scan, and you're going to fix a lot of problems. Mm -hmm. That can happen later. Yeah. Perfect. Obviously, that sounds the right thing to do. Obviously, shifting left, a lot of human error already now. So you can take that away and obviously save a vast amount of time and save a vast amount of money, which is probably one of the priorities for most vendors. The second topic on this CISO and AppSec perspective. So obviously from your side, I'd love to hear this. Bridging the gap between development and security. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, well, okay. Uh, it's uh, basically what's important uh, for relations between development and application security personnel is what's uh, generally important for, uh, for a company. 
it's uh, um, creating and fostering a spirit of uh, cooperation, collaboration, and in, in particularly communication. Because uh, there, is a, uh, there is a matter of perspective uh, which becomes kind of uh, embedded uh, that, uh, you know, developers develop uh, uh, and work on uh, code and uh, application security personnel uh, are there to uh, point out uh, their mistakes or uh, there is a perception of uh, hostility and animosity which uh, which doesn't have to be there as long as the processes uh, are aligned in uh, uh, in a proper way so that nobody gets in anybody's way uh, in fact uh, developers can have uh, can have their burden uh, significantly uh, relieved uh, relieved if uh, if appsec personnel uh, approaches and uh, actually uh, examines scans and uh, and points out the vulnerabilities that should be uh, that should be remediated immediately in the development process it actually uh, it actually can make life much easier for developers on the other hand if developers are uh, actually uh, welcoming and inviting application security people to participate in the process, if they are more open to the process, uh, uh, then uh, then it's uh, it becomes much easier and much faster to uh, to deal with any issues that arise in the software development lifecycle. Because if uh, uh, if there is uh, if there is friction, uh, it's really uh, it's really something companies should uh, uh, should take care. They should sit down and uh, make sure that the roles and responsibilities and uh, uh, and the process uh, is created in such way that it allows for both conflicted sides to uh, interact more efficiently. Um, it's really just it's uh, it's important to have the process. Uh, otherwise, things can get very chaotic, and you have the human nature, which also, you know, uh, contributes to the to the overall feelings of hostility. It doesn't have to be that way. In fact, uh, when you uh, when you have the uh, automated approach uh, that uh, application security people are using nowadays, uh, you actually uh, you actually have a lot less friction, uh, and if you choose the right solution. It will focus on your uh, vulnerabilities. You will also have less uh, uh, less negativity in the workplace and less friction between these two teams. Perfect, Norman. What are your thoughts? Actually, I agree with everything that Boris <laughs> says. And yeah, it, communication between the teams it's really important. I mean, the easiest thing that we, for example, what AppSec can do is, okay, we found vulnerability, let's say we can open a ticket, can you fix it? But again, developer is going to see the ticket, for example, let's say the ticket, they are going to search on the internet, okay, what is this, what is this, how can I fix this, how can I fix that? By my opinion, communication is really important between the teams. That's one of the most important things. It's much easier for me, like a, as a sec guy, to go to developer, hey, let's see what we can do here. Okay, this vulnerability is going to do this, this, this. This is going to be exposure. This is a suggestion how we can fix it. And we can, for example, create a logic or something that can fix that vulnerability. And for developers, it's going to be much easier. Uh, or 
what nowadays is going to be is like developers are going to search on internet and they're going to just try to find solution. Communication and reporting between the teams can be much better. Yeah. Uh, what Norman said here is actually raises a uh, uh, raises one important point that I uh, uh, I don't believe we uh, I've mentioned. Uh, you don't want uh, application security people uh, approaching developers in a way like look at this uh, this sucks and it needs to be fixed. You want to have proactive uh, proactive approach on both sides. You want to have application security people not just swooping in and pointing out errors. You want them uh, actively contributing uh, to uh, to fixing the errors, offering suggestions, uh, actually making the uh, the search, uh, internet search that Nermin brought up uh, uh, redundant. You want to uh, you want to develop that kind of relationship when, uh, where AppSec people just come to the developers and say, okay, uh, these are the issues. Uh, these are possible uh, possible causes. These are potential options for remediation. Let's see if uh, if we can work together and remove it. And also, the developers uh, uh, should be uh, in that sense uh, much uh, less territorial and uh, uh, and in fact reach out to absent people and say, okay, take a look at this, uh, scan it, check it. Uh, let's see if there are any issues. Uh, because I don't want to waste uh, uh, waste my time and the company's time uh, fixing something uh, too late in the in the process. Let's see if we can deal with it now, so it's easier for me. And uh, it's really a lot of uh, common sense needs to be introduced in the in the process. And I'm afraid that a lot of companies uh, uh, are not approaching it uh, the right way. But uh, that's something that they need to work on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for example, sorry. I'm sorry, like I have some friends, uh, they're also in AppSec and uh, what they are doing, they find vulnerability and they go to software developer and they're just like, hey, may I find this? You don't know anything, okay, bye. And after some time, they're telling me why everyone hates me. How, <laughs> why shouldn't we hate you? Like. <laughs> You need to, approach is really important. Go to developers, say, you have vulnerability here, let's see what we can do about it. I'm going to prepare what we can do, you can do it. For example, that's just one example. Awesome, no, thank you for clearing it up. Yeah, so obviously saying some companies aren't having the most proactive approach, like say from that example, it's not the right way to work about that. But with that being said, how can companies, obviously you mentioned it before a little bit, work on it, but what do you think the future of that relationship looks like and how will it be able to get more proactive and be able to deal with it in a more sufficient way around it? Loris, I'm asking you that. <laughs> so you're, you're, you're calling on us now. Great. I'm calling. Okay. Uh, well, the, uh, as, I, uh, as I already stated, uh, the future uh, of that relationship is going to, uh, in my opinion, it's going to be... Uh, Right, uh, and I'm not. Uh, I'm not just saying that because it's. Uh, <laughs> no, but the uh, future of those relations actually uh, actually does rely um, in uh, uh, in 
many ways, it does rely on optimizing the, the, exist, uh, the existing processes and clearly defining, uh, defining and assigning roles within the processes. Uh, and also, uh, since uh, automation is going to play a, a key role there, and uh, uh, we live in that age where we want to accomplish things uh, and accomplish them as quickly as possible, there is always uh, there is always a rush. There is always uh, uh, for this one reason or another. So it's uh, speed is important and efficiency is important. Uh, automation tools uh, that will uh, uh, that will uh, that AppSec people will use uh, to help developers uh, identify and remove uh, vulnerabilities, uh, paired with their own knowledge and understanding of the of the problem. Uh, and the support they give to developers will actually be uh, how things uh, will probably look uh, look in time. Because uh, uh, once you optimize the processes and what once you assign roles clearly and implement the right solutions, uh, that uh, the sources of friction uh, will gradually uh, will gradually reduce as the as the time goes by. And that's why uh, that's why it's important uh, for the for the companies to uh, naturally choose the right people uh, to uh, to fill the roles uh, they have to they have to fill uh, both on AppSec and developer side. And it's also important that the companies uh, take uh, take greater care of uh, where in the uh, in SDLC where do they place the emphasis on security. Uh, the companies are uh, being are they are slowly fo focusing on more dynamic uh, solutions uh, and the solutions that uh, that are in fact shifting left uh, and uh, that I believe is something that's uh, uh, that's going to define the the future of those relations. Perfect. Thanks for doing that, Loris. Have you both got anything else to share on that? Regarding the future of dynamic application security tests, like for dynamic tools, actually in general, I think the it's future, going to be in the future. The future of the future of DevSec uh, of the developers uh, and uh, AppSec relations, right, Connor? Mm -hmm. That uh, was it. Yeah. Yes, correct. Yeah, it, in my opinion, uh, there is going to be more and more and more automation, and which is a good thing. We just always need to find better and better solution, finding a better way how to automate things. And my opinion is that's a great approach to reduce a lot of errors, save a lot of time, a lot of resources. And automation is going to help in a lot of things. Perfect, Norman. Thank you for clearing that. Now, moving on to the final topic and what I'm curious about the most, the challenges of Global Village, impact of remote work, open source, and geopolitics on development. Nerman, would you like to kick this off and tell me your thoughts on this? Uh, okay. Uh, by remote work, I know it is increasing like every day more and more and more. And that's a great thing. Uh, yeah, in some situations you want to work, I don't know, with colleagues in the office maybe, uh, but remote work is actually the future in our field. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be increasing. Uh, 
it's great. Oh, again, in, in everyday situation, we are saving a lot of time. Uh, we have amazing communication tools. There is no like uh, uh, situation when we can say our, our communication is better maybe when we are talking alive. My opinion, we have great communication tools. We can communicate in amazing way while we are doing remote work. Uh, you can choose where are you going to work also. And I don't know, I agree with remote work and I hope so that other companies are going to continue increasing this uh, type of the work. Mm -hmm. I don't know, Boris, maybe you can say something and I can like add regarding well, uh, this. The fact is that, uh, that today we are, uh, we are, well, I'm not going to say crossroads of civilization, but uh, uh, we are certainly at a very volatile, uh, volatile period of human history, uh, particularly modern history. Uh, we witness uh, we witness the continuous uh, issues uh, being raised uh, on the global level uh, between uh, geopolitical blocks, between country, individual countries, uh, between uh, uh, wider organizations like uh, NATO and UN, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. Uh, and uh, you see the uh, you see the geopolitical circumstances uh, uh, constantly uh, shifting and uh, fluctuating, uh, and you have these uh, uh, rising. Uh, players on the on global markets, uh, uh, particularly in uh, in cyber uh, cyberspace, uh, like uh, uh, like uh, China, uh, like uh, India, like uh, I don't know uh, uh, the great uh, greater influence of Russia on certain movements. Uh, uh, we have the ongoing uh, crisis uh, uh, in, uh, uh, in Ukraine. And uh, not uh, it all comes uh, very fast after we have uh, went through a pandemic and uh, which has uh, left a deep and profound trace in the way we approach work. Almost, <clears throat> I'm not going to say overnight, but almost overnight, uh, uh, workplace paradigm has uh, drastically shifted towards, uh, towards remote work towards remote hiring, towards uh, global operations that can be uh, easily spread by the companies because uh, as uh, Nerman pointed out, we have these uh, great communication tools. We have uh, great online platforms and cloud solutions that enable uh, a group of people from uh, all over the world to collaborate uh, and work on, uh, on projects and activities together. That's a, uh, that's a good thing naturally mm -hmm. but also uh, uh also we shouldn't uh we shouldn't overlook that uh, uh that uh, that the shift of that part paradigm which has been prevalent until pandemic uh is also bringing with it uh some uh, additional risks and issues that have to be taken into consideration uh you have to uh you have to make sure when you are hiring and when you're reaching at different parts of the world to uh, to expand your workforce, you have to make sure that you're doing it in a way, in a responsible way, that you, uh, that you conduct uh, background checks, that you make sure 
that you're not opening door to uh, to state agents to influence uh, your activity or steal your data, or particularly if you have uh, if you have relevant uh, global players as customers, uh, you have to make sure that uh, uh, that the activities you conduct, which were uh, a matter of uh, formality before. Now become uh, now become a substantial uh, issue. So the the security, cybersecurity in particular, uh, has become more challenging, as it has become uh, easier for companies and workers to interact and cooperate globally. Uh, geopolitical circumstances do not make that uh, make make the risks lower. They actually increase them significantly. And uh, uh, it may affect. Uh, it may, in fact, uh, uh, reflect on uh, on the development uh, development companies uh, because uh, they're mostly the ones engaging the developers from all over the world, uh, having them participate in various projects. Uh, it's very important uh, to increase scrutiny and to make sure that the uh, persons responsible for security in such companies. Uh, have the room and uh, uh, and the budget and support from the management to uh, to increase the efforts on maintaining uh, security of everything from both the source code over insider threats uh, and potential leaks uh, to uh, to things like uh, uh, involuntary disclosure of information which may have uh, reputational and legal impacts on uh, on the company. Yeah, definitely. Like you say, that it does have its positives. Like we say, we're able to work with remote working has so many positives. Working with people in different countries, hubscale. We have people in of, of different countries. Like say, so does bright. So it does have that connections, but it does lead to its lot of challenges and a lot of security problems down the line. Hundred percent. So like you say, then formalities before come a a lot more of a priority and a definite like and something you need to definitely do. But no, thank you for clearing that. So uh, also uh, we have uh, we have touched upon the topic of uh, uh, of shifting left uh, too much and placing a lot of burden on the uh, on the people in uh, dealing with development uh, when it comes to security requirements. Uh, that's something that uh, uh, actually uh, to to the issues of uh, of the remote work and cyber uh, cyber security risks that uh, that were already emphasized uh, because uh, when uh, when you take into account uh, the increased pressure that developers are facing uh, you're also uh, any any pressure of that kind and any uh, feeling that uh, uh, that the company is being too demanding or that uh, uh, that the uh, processes are not being adequately aligned can uh, in fact uh, contribute to the general feeling of dissatisfaction uh, and uh, such feelings can be uh, very easily exploited by, uh, by other parties or uh, uh, state actors uh, in particular, because uh, it's, uh, it's precisely that kind, of, uh, uh, that kind of issues that they are looking for. When they're looking for the weak spots uh, in the uh, the human resources, uh, uh, 
when you have um, when you have people who uh, who are displeased with uh, uh, with their work environment, you also create a potential challenge uh, to the security, where uh, where again additional scrutiny has to be uh, has to be part of uh, daily activity of security personnel, and uh, uh, you're creating a cycle that uh, uh, that really uh, hinders the security effort. Which mm -hmm. is why it's important if you want to uh, uh, if you want to help your company and want to help reduce security risks and security issues, uh, it doesn't even matter if it's a uh, if it's a remote work environment because uh, uh, it's about humans. Uh, keep your employees happy because uh, if you if you're keeping your employees happy uh, and the sources of that happiness can be different. It uh, it may be uh, financially related. It may be about uh, life work balance. It may be about uh, whatever. Uh, but uh, the fact is, when you have happy employees, you significantly lower the risks and impacts of uh, of those risks. When we are talking about global challenges and when we are talking about potential global uh, geopolitical issues, because. Uh, you really, uh, you really leave very little for uh, uh, for hackers, for state agents, for uh, for hacktivists to work with, because uh, well, very few people would uh, would just go and uh, and bite the hand that feeds them. And uh, uh, in this case, I think it's uh, uh, it's important uh, it's important to to make sure that you have. Happy workforce because they it's going to be a more loyal workforce, and that I I think that I don't have to elaborate how that affects security. Loyalty is very important in uh, uh in everyday life, in personal relationships, and naturally in companies. Yeah, no, no, it definitely is. So, uh, Norman, I'd love to ask you, what do you see as the cybersecurity future of, as a whole moving into like the next five years? What will the trends and how will it evolve? Uh, okay. Uh, every day we are going to find there's going to be a new vulnerabilities. But what we can see also uh, what is happening right now is what I need to say is chat GPT. Uh, what is my concerns, concerns is chat GPT is actually first one amazing thing. You see, uh, you can always, you, there is a really easier way with chat GPT, how to secure your, your code. You can always, you can find, uh, easier way how to secure for the, the code and what is going to increase from my side, what I think is phishing attacks. The phishing attacks are going to be increased because uh, every day we are getting easier way how to build a lot of web applications, websites. And on those websites, you cannot see which one is real, which one is okay website, and which website is like searching for human error to take something. For example, so cybersecurity in five years is going to happen. A lot of things I think think we are going to have a more secure code and much much more phishing attacks. 
but there's always going to be a new team things. Yeah. yeah. Especially with Jack TP, there'll be Jack TP five in next week. God knows how long soon. So yeah, that's gonna be ever responding. Curious to know, Loris, Jack GTP four, what are your thoughts on that? I actually swore to myself I will not be the one to uh to mention Chat GPT because <clears throat> no, I, I said to myself, you are not going to go there, you're not going to uh to bring AI into this discussion. Okay. Uh I really, really didn't want uh, I didn't want to do it because uh, my uh, my perspective uh, and uh, security perspective of uh, of chat GPT at the moment is uh, really not uh, it's not favorable. Uh, I believe that uh, uh, that it brings not it's not that I believe. I, uh, I in fact know for sure because I've been uh, I've been messing with it and tormenting it for uh, for days now and uh, uh, I can definitely uh, I can def definitely state first that, we have already had several uh, reported situations where the uh, where the company proprietary data was entered into ChatGPT. It was basically uh, leaked, and uh, uh, as ChatGPT learns from uh, whatever is uh, whatever is thrown at it, uh, you might as well uh, you might as well publicize the uh, the confidential data to uh, via some other channel. Uh, but that's not uh, that's not the only thing. I mean, uh, uh, the thing is that companies uh, are not prepared. Uh, they don't have sufficient internal security hygiene uh, to address those issues before they become become issues. Because uh, uh, people are looking, and they they have always been looking for easier way to accomplish things. Uh, human nature, its tendency is to go from complicated towards simplification and uh, that's precisely the uh, the instinct that uh, chat GPT stimulates and when that instinct is stimulated people tend to disregard particularly if uh, internal education was uh, was bad uh, people tend to uh, tend to put aside the concerns or maybe they're not even aware or may been made aware of the concerns, and they just go with it using ChatGPT for all kinds of business purposes. Uh, they enter enter confidential data. They enter uh, source code or parts of source code. Uh, I've uh, I've been examining legal documents pertaining to uh, the way ChatGPT works, the way GitHub Copilot works, the way some other uh, AI solutions work, and uh, they are very very uh, broad in nature in a sense that uh, uh, that you do not have uh, the re restricted usage of the data that's uh, uh, that's entered into the uh, so basically the companies I'm not going to say they can do whatever they want with it but uh, uh, they pretty much uh, can uh, because uh, the AI, uh, integrates uh, and accumulates uh, knowledge, and it's expanding its uh, uh, its capability to process uh, text uh, and uh, provides replies to questions. And uh, inevitably, at some point, uh, you have uh, you have a situation in which uh, uh, somebody's proprietary code is offered uh, to someone by ChatGPT as a solution of certain issue or problem that they uh, that they want to uh, deal with by using ChatGPT or Copilot or whatever. 
and that's a uh, uh, that's a kind of security risk that uh, uh, that is not yet fully uh, assessed. Uh, we are only uh, we have faced a craze over ChatGPT. Uh, it has become, uh, I mean, the numbers uh, speak for themselves. They can be easily uh, Googled uh, millions upon millions, millions of users uh, just throwing whatever they can into in that kind of tool. And uh, it was, uh, it's impossible not to conceive a situation where, uh, where company data would uh, eventually become uh, part of that, uh, uh, part of the issue. And we have had Samsung leak only recently uh, reported. I think it, uh, it wasn't more than a couple of days ago. Uh, and uh, it, was, uh, it was one incident in a, in a major company, uh, which I believe is uh, uh, being strict and paying attention to the security of their data uh, and they certainly have resources to do that but all it takes is uh like you know in that batman joker comic all it takes is one bad day and uh for uh, uh for uh, using ai all it takes is uh one uh entry that should not have been made uh for you to have a leak and for you to have a potential security incident uh, on hand uh, chat GPT and uh, I've actually been exercising the uh, the article that I wanted to write today in my head uh, chat GPT is really uh, something and AI solutions in general is something we should uh, not stay away from they, they're definitely the future it's a uh, it's how uh, how things are going to get uh, done uh, in an easier way uh, in faster way uh, and it's uh, uh, it's ridiculous not to recognize that the, we are not going to have terminator type situation with uh, with chat gpt it's not going to come out and kill us all uh, but uh, the risks uh, exist at the moment and those risks are very uh, they are very high because there are so many unknowns as the time uh, goes by as we uh, find out more about the technology as uh, as the regulators uh, start doing their uh, their job and making sure that uh, that 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 particular field is as covered uh, by regulation uh, by legislation, I think that Europe is going to go ahead uh, uh, much faster uh, uh, in that than uh, than some other uh, some other uh, areas because the uh, European Union has already started uh, actively working on. <clears throat> on uh, legislation concerning the use of AI uh, in, in their countries. And uh, uh, some uh, countries have already banned uh, chat GPT like Italy recently. Uh, until, the, until some things are clarified, and until we are sure that personal data, proprietary data, et cetera, is processed uh, uh, in, a, in a secure way. So uh, let's, not, uh, let's not run to uh, ChatGPT or any other AI tool, uh, let's not run to it senselessly. Let's use it uh, for lighter stuff and let's make sure that the employees in our companies are well-educated on the risks that may uh, come out of uh, irresponsible use of AI tools. And uh, until, uh, until the things develop more and think we gain until we gain more insight into the way everything functions and until we can make sure that what we enter 
uh, into AI tool is processed adequately, we should be uh, very, uh, very vigilant about yeah. what we're doing in that field. Sorry, yeah. it's a, it, I, I, it, was a, it was a long, but uh, I warned you and I actually told you that uh, uh, that I swore that I will not bring Chajit precisely uh, because I, uh, I was expecting a, a kind of a rant, but it's not a rant really. It's, uh, it's just a matter of uh, a common sense and uh, yeah. uh, there is people like new stuff uh, and interesting stuff and ChatGPT is definitely interested, interesting. Um, I just mentioned to my colleague at work uh, the other day. I was uh, uh, I spent like half an hour convincing it to uh, to wink at me with uh, with winking emoji, and uh, he didn't want to do it initially because uh, it said uh, it's not up to it to express uh, emotions. But eventually, I persuaded uh, persuaded it, and uh, now it's winking at me. Uh, well. Uh, often so uh, it's uh, it, it's uh, it's really it's really things uh, little things that you see develop uh, uh, that you see grow uh, in front of you and you know they're the future but uh, like with many things that uh, that have uh, uh, elicited uh, a great interest of public uh, we have to be careful with this one as well not yeah. fearful we have to be careful oh yeah Definitely, like I say, it has some amazing positives, but like I say, you've got to be very cautious of what you put into it and just be careful, very careful all, all the way on with it, like I say, or else it will be a few disasters. You know, thank you for that. I know we've talked a little bit about Bright, but I'd learn a, love to learn a little bit more about Bright and what the future looks for the whole as Bright Security. So regarding <laughs> Bright, our main goal is to create... We already have amazing dust too, but our goal is our goal is to improve more and more and more this dust tool that we have. That's the bright dust tool. What we are, we are company that's going that's performing dynamic application security testing. Uh, what we can do, we are testing all kinds of web applications, all kinds of uh, REST API, GraphQL, SOAP. Uh, we are finding many, many vulnerabilities. Every day what we are doing is improving our tests for those vulnerabilities, uh, adding new tests. Uh, every day we are trying to find a solution, better and better so solution, how to find something. And for now it's going really good. Uh, that's something about Bright. Yeah, we are mainly focused on our desk tool, it's amazing right now. It's going to be more amazing in the future. And what can I say more? Maybe dust tools are not just about finding vulnerabilities. There are many, many more aspects about dust tools. Uh, finding one vulnerability is just one logic. Uh, where we are going to search for that vulnerability, for example, we need to have good crawler. We are also uh, focused on the crawling on the web applications, of course, like other dust tools, like improving the crawler, or we can scan, just do like API testing, we can scan API schema, for example, or hard files that is just like recorded part of some API schema of some web application. And we are improving everything every day. For now, it's going good. 
We are going. The future is bright. It's simple. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Uh, Loris, have you got anything to add to that? Well, I can uh, I can talk about bright for uh, I talk about bright for days. So what Norman said is uh, uh, is very true. Uh, we uh, uh, with our data solution, we are really uh, well. I you know I'm I'm trying to find words that won't be construed as uh, either bragging or promotion, but. Uh, uh, we are really going. Uh, we are really going places with uh, uh, with this uh, this approach that we have. Uh, we want to make sure that we are uh, truly uh, dev cent dev centric uh, dynamic application testing solution uh, application security testing solution. We want to make sure that uh, uh, that we become inextricable part of everyday activity of both developers and the application security personnel in companies. Uh, it's not just about uh, our uh, ambition. Uh, it's about what we can do and what we are already doing for a number of amazing customers. Um, it's what we can do for uh, many, other, many other companies that uh, at the moment, and, uh, and we are aware of that, uh, that at the moment they're struggling with uh, uh, with issues that can be uh, very uh, very easily resolved, Bright is a company that uh, uh, that uh, is constantly, uh, continuously uh, evolving, uh, developing, and building uh, building on uh, on everything that's been done uh, on a daily basis. Like every day is a new day. Every day we add, uh, as Norman said. We add new vulnerabilities. Uh, we expand uh, our programs. We add uh, new features. There's a, a, a whole uh, roadmap that uh, uh, that I believe someone from uh, a product uh, like our uh, product VP Yoni, if he was here, would be uh, uh, would be would present uh, better. So I'm not going to delve into that. I'm just going to say that uh, when it comes to improving the security. Of software develop development life cycle, uh, you have to uh, you have to start somewhere, and you can start with uh, uh, with just any solution, and uh, uh, and conclude like some companies we know that they are not uh, serving their purpose, or you can uh, uh, you can actually uh, go more towards uh, approach that uh, that is proving to be about uh, uh, about the future of how software development is going to look like uh, because uh, when you have the shift left approach when you have uh, developers being more and more uh, integrated along with with AppSec people into the into maintaining the security of the product in early stages of development you inevitably uh, reach the conclusion that the best uh, solution and best approach you can have is the one that's uh, uh, that's dynamic, that can follow uh, follow actively uh, the the tempo, usually rapid tempo of development, and that can make sure that your product reaches uh, quality assurance uh, or production in a state that leaves very very little additional work. And that's uh, uh, that's a, that's saving a lot of everything. That's saving a lot of money. 
that's saving a lot of resources. Uh, that's saving a lot of time for people. Uh, that's saving a lot of uh, explaining uh, to the supervisory boards of why uh, why things are not uh, running as smoothly and as they should be. Uh, it's uh, it's very simple for all those companies that have such issues. Uh, Bright is uh, there to show and to demonstrate how uh, how the approach that we are propagating and that we are promoting uh, via our website and via our daily work is actually helping our customers and can help many, many more uh, in uh, achieving their goals. Awesome. No, thank you for clearing it up, Loris. Really do appreciate it. But it's been a pleasure to have you both on today. Thank you very much. Uh, likewise, <clears throat> thank you, Connor, for, uh, for having us. Uh, we do hope that... Uh, that some of what we shared and uh, some little aspects of our experiences in Bright and outside Bright can uh, uh, can actually be uh, interesting and helpful to uh, to your listeners. Yeah, no, it definitely has. But yeah, no, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Connor. It was really great.